Blog Talk Radio. First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com. 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springston of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge each of you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582-CLUE, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks. Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email myviewmatters at aol.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Ladies and gentlemen, yes, welcome once again to the Ed Springston Show, brought to you by the MVM Radio Network, home of edspringston.com. You can go for the latest stories, podcasts, really whatever we've got going. While you're at edspringston.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or monthly basis of your choice. Secondly, please join the RSS feed and we'll make sure the podcast gets delivered to your inbox as well. And finally, donate to donate to donate. Yes, we can never ask that enough because we're always struggling to keep things going, but somehow we always do. If you can help us out, please hit the handy-dandy donate button at edsprings.com. That'll help us keep everything rolling. In the meantime, call in number is always 858-683-1326. For those of you in the listening queue, please hit the number one on your dial pad. We'll try to get you on air as soon as possible. The live chat is now open, and you can also reach me on Facebook, Instant Messenger, at Ed Springston. So with all of that said, welcome to a new week. Mr. Martin should be joining us momentarily, I think. Um, we got a few things to go over this week, but really, quite honestly, um, you know, we typically start off on local stuff, kind of jump into the national, the international, whatever. But I tell you, the Notre Dame Cathedral fire is um, 
blowing up the internet. I mean, it really is blowing up the news cycle, blowing up everything else. And why not? Um, the historical Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris uh, has been ablaze for several hours now. And I tell you, uh, for Catholics, people like me, uh, it, it's very sad to see. And, you know, we'll get into a little bit more on that in just a second because Mr. Martin just joined us. How are you, sir? Oh, doing all right, Mr. Springsteen. Staying busy, as always. That's uh, typical, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm kind of hardwired funny. If I actually sit down and stop moving, then I sit down and stop moving. I'm like a shark. I have to move forward in order to breathe. <laughs> so, I, my wife thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, she's like, what are you getting up waddling for and limping? He's like, well, I sat, I, I sat down. It's like, you know, I, right. like, I'm, I'm up. I can go 12 hours a day. As long as I'm up, I'm good. It's a minute I sit down, so you'll hear me go, ugh. <laughs> like, we, call, we, call, we call it old age, brother. Yeah. I'm your age, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't understand about the part about moving forward, though. It's like I still haven't figured that one out. It's like, as long as I'm up and moving, I'm good. The minute I sit down, right. day, it's like getting up is like, oh, no. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Can't get his ass up off the sofa. And I tell you, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, it's just amazing how quickly that has happened too. It was just a few years ago. Hell, just a couple of years for you. You were still playing rugby, and uh, you know, I started running into that. I'm just, I'll, I'll still play again. I'm just still, I'm too busy right now. Oh, I haven't given it up yet. More power to you. I hear you. Well, speaking of giving up. You know, we're starting to show right when you came in about the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral fire. Wow. Um, it's very, very tragic, very sad. Uh, you know, the one thing that's driving me nuts is uh, about this is that it happened in the first place. Now, they're going to come back, and they're going to try to pretend. I'm telling you how this story is going to go. They're going to try to pretend that this was a some sort of accident because of the upgrade work going on at the cathedral. Uh, the cathedral is always having upgrades done to it. It always has been, updates, things like that, um, for, for hundreds of years. And, it, and it's disturbing to me because we know, uh, most of us know, that this is probably not the, um, this is probably not the accident that they're going to try to project it to be. Uh, and here's why I say that. You know, this is not the first time um, that's been going on. Quite frankly, last month, uh, there was a story done um, about four different cathedrals, churches, etc. Yeah. That had been destroyed, uh, you know, and officials were wondering why. Well, the problem is this. We know why. France has been overrun. Paris has been overrun by a bunch of Muslim extremists. They have arrested Muslim yeah. extremists. With, I, I can say what you want. I don't care. That's where I'm going. I'll give you a chance on that as well. But, you know, I firmly believe that. Uh, it has been nothing but trouble. As soon as the Muslim extremists came in, they have arrested Muslim extremists. Dozens and hundreds of these people have been arrested, um, you know, and proven to be planning attacks on different Christian things. Um this is a problem for me, because all this seems to have happened once France became overrun with, with the Islam extremists. 
and you know they can say what they want and everything else, but we've already proven in more than one occasion that this is part of their plan. Um, you know, with that being said, I believe that's what's going on. I think the Notre Dame Cathedral was a was a big uh, coup, if you will, uh, back in September of 2016. Um, a car loaded with gas cans full of mm. gas and, and Arabic documents was found abandoned uh, right there by the cathedral. The people who had driven the car there, apparently the car um, stopped working or something, so they had to abandon the car. They finally arrested the people, and that was their plan, was to burn the cathedral then. Uh, this isn't the first time that plan has been exposed by extremists. So for me, I believe that's what's really going on. Um, it's an attack on Christianity and Catholicism once again. It's either that or the other part of the conspiracy theory, and then I'll shut up, Ed, and let you talk, but it's either that or the other part of the conspiracy theory is divine intervention. I mean, this pope has pissed off every Catholic in the world, right? Let's, let's invite all the gay people into the Catholic Church. Killing babies is okay now. All the things that the Catholic Church has ever been against, homophobia, abortion, telling us to break down our walls and let the Muslims come to us, the same people who continue trying to cause us harm, the same people who brought down the, the World Trade Center. So maybe it's divine intervention. So if we want to take the Muslim attacks out of the way, maybe God is saying, hey, the Catholic Church is going in the wrong direction. I'm going to burn the Notre Dame Cathedral down, you know, hell, fire, and brimstone, right? And maybe that'll bring them back into compliance. There you go, Ed. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, I, I guess as amazing as it is, you, you, you know, well, you just completely rule out accidents. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, oh, they're, shit, they're, I found what he likes. Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, Ed, at least, at least leave the option open for it. Not everything has to be, you know, conspiracy from the get-go. But, you know, could it be? Could it be terrorism? I, it could be, you know? Uh, but the thing is, I read some articles, and some people had some interesting points. They said it may not just be Muslim terrorists. There have been, there have been, uh, you know, some of the vandalism in the church has been directed or, or, or originated from, uh, like, uh, these real psycho sex activists, you know, women's activists, people who are rebelling against the church. Church got a lot of people pissed off. Church has always had a lot of people pissed off. So, uh, could it be? You know, could somebody have gone for that? I think they could have, you know. There's some, there's some mean, ruthless people in the world. There's some people that are, that that just see it, see their, you know, the world through their their lens. Is it possible? Absolutely. I think, though, if if it was, I couldn't see this being a good move on an organ, you know, as an organized front because it's, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, <laughs> you know. Because you're destroying it, yeah. There's some people like ISIL and ISIS that were destroying three thousand year old, you know, Assyrian statues and stuff because right. of, you know a whole holier. Could it be that? It absolutely could. But I would see something like that if I were going to be a strategist inside an organization like that. That's probably not one you want to do. You don't want to jump up and claim that because now you're going to piss off whether you know. From from a deeply held spiritual angle, or from a uh, or, or just from a oh no oh hell no you know kind of angle, you know piss off every Catholic in the world. That's not where you want to be, you know. You shit, you, you think you're Muslims are ready to roll. Uh, don't 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 
really don't literally start a war with the second biggest denomination in the world. So, I, you know, I say, I'll say, could it be terrorism? Absolutely. Could it be, you know, Muslim? Could it be some other sort of activist? Absolutely. I don't think God's going to burn down a really cool building to punish the Pope. And if he was going to do it, do it with style, you know, lightning bolts. <laughs> it's like, don't make it, oh, don't just have a, a, a roof fire starter or something. It's, it's, too, it's too explainable. You're going to do it, do it in a way that lets the Pope know, hey, you're not going where I want you to with this big guy. Um, but well, I'm not speaking for God. I'm not speaking for God. I'm not uh, saying what he should have should have done. You know, you're throwing that out there and having some fun because the church has made some missteps, definitely. But I, I think you know, until proven otherwise, it was it was surrounded in scaffolding. There were structural issues with the church, which amazing that it's you know it, they built that thing a thousand years ago, and you know they started building it. They finished it 900 years ago, basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, and still standing. Right. So there were some structural issues. I mean, let's face it, it's it's made out of stone and 800-year-old wood. <laughs> you know, it's like, as much as you, you know, as it, tragic as it is, it is, it is terrible. And, you know, it's something that's been around three times longer than our country has been inhabited. It's gone, you know. It's this magnificent building stood. That is so tragic. On the other hand, it's so amazing that something so big could be built in a time when they didn't have cranes and they didn't have internal combustion and they didn't have, you know, they they made they didn't make good steel back then, you know. And it, they built that right. thing and it, and it lasted for nine hundred years. So, you know, on one hand, very tragic, but on the other hand, just awesome that it was with us for nine hundred. What a testament to you know hard work and, and craftsmanship. But uh, you know, I don't well, know. I tell you, you know, like I say, I'm just going to sit back and, and, and just you know, like I say, on one hand, I, I think of the poor guy. If there was a guy doing roofing work, maybe melting tar with a blowtorch. You know, I've done that before. And he's right. set Notre Dame on fire. You know, can you imagine? And and then again, it could be a terrorist, or it could be it could be some activist, which I think would be a terrible move. Just, oh, you know, we talked about that at work today. And so could you imagine if you were the guy on the renovation crew, and you're you know, you're the supervisor, and you're the guy, and he says, "Hey, don't do that. You might set the damn thing on fire." You know, <laughs> he's like, "Piss off! I know what I'm doing." I'll like, boom, you're the guy that set You're the guy that burned down. A millennium old building, <laughs> you know, it survived World War One, World War Two, invasions. Uh, every it survived everything, and you burn it down. So I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, and I'm just going to sit back and, you know, just the one good thing they did say is the fire spread, priceless works of art, priceless manuscripts, and stuff like that. They did get most of that out. They said, you know, as the fire was going, they made a mad dash to get the artworks and the, and stuff like that out. So I, I hope they got it out. You know, for now, it's just a tremendous loss. Right. And, you know, it could go either way. I'm, I'm not going to make any assumptions because we've all seen it at Kentucky Center for the Arts. A guy accidentally doing something. How many buildings have we seen burned down in the news locally where some plumber or some HVAC guys is doing some 
welding and they set some insulation on fire. I, it happens. It happens all the time. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any assumptions until all of, everything ends. Like I said, for for me personally, that's what I believe is probably going on. Will we ever know for sure? No. Uh, they're not going to tell you for sure either way. They're going to make this out to be an accident, uh, and, I, and I firmly believe that. It doesn't matter whether it was intentional or not. They'll make it out to be an accident no matter what. That's the official story we'll get. But when you talk to uh, other people, I have firefighter friends and everything else. Now, granted, all we're looking at is live video of the fire, right? But most of the people that I've talked to who are um, arson investigators like right here at home, et cetera, um, they put a live feed on this pretty early in the day. And as you're watching this thing burn, what you're seeing um, really truly does look like some accelerant was used. I granted, the, the wood is old. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And even talking to the people that I've talked to, they admit with the wood structure, they would go pretty quick. But if you look at the way the thing was burning um, and everything else and how quickly it, it lit up, um, you know, you have to think that there was a possibility there was accelerant used. So I'm not the expert. I was on a fire department for a short time when I was a young man. I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form, but I know people that are, and they have many questions about it just from the outside looking in, but we're not on the scene, so I have to put that out there. Nobody's on the scene, but I think there's a very real possibility. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I know it may sound conspiracy theory or people make up their own minds, but there is a very real possibility this is not an accident, in my opinion, uh, and depending on some people that I trust that would know these things. Um, so, you know. It is what it well, is. Uh, it's true. It's true. It's, it's a possibility. But the one thing when they had the church fires going on for a long time, and they said that it was it was one of the questions they asked in our universities, why do people set churches on fire? And they said, well, they're big. They're usually hollow wooden buildings that aren't occupied. You know, there's nobody there. There's an inviting traffic. So accelerant. I don't even know if you need an accelerant for a building like that. It's it's got towering ceilings and towering walls and it's full of air and wood. It's a lot of open space. I mean, it, it's going to go off. Sure. It's going to go. You see, you see what happened. It, once they start, it churches churches typically just because of the way they're built, they're like barns. They're gone. Catch on fire. <laughs> there's right. You know, there's there's very few walls. There's there's very you know there's there's very little of anything. It's just a big right. open ceiling and a bunch of big open walls. It's like setting a barn on fire. They're gonna go. So I get I don't it. Know. I, like I said, yep. I think there's more to it, but I get it. I yeah. uh, you know there could be. There I think be. I think we'll find out. I think we'll find out if there's more to it. In the meantime, you know, again, like I said, this all leads me to serious questions. If it was, if it wasn't France. You know, maybe maybe I wouldn't be as quick to, uh, you know, put that out there. But I mean, let's face it, France has been overrun. Paris has turned into a uh, a third world country. I mean, they're a piece of crap now. You can't go to Paris anymore and enjoy yourself. Um, you know, I mean, it really has just gotten completely um, overrun with, with, with Islam and Muslims and, and all the other stuff that they go through. Rapes throughout that, the rapes throughout that place are going through the roof. Uh, violence is through the roof. Um, all of these different things. Attacks on Christians are a daily occurrence, not a not an afterthought. This all occurred as soon as Islam moved in. So let let's not kid ourselves and think that Islam is some kind of a peaceful thing that wouldn't do this, considering so many have been arrested 
planning attacks like this. So I, I cannot I cannot rule that out. There's a lot of people who want to be apologists for Islam. I'm not one of them. I guess people have noticed that by now. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. In the meantime, um, you know, the cathedral has survived quite a few things throughout its history. It's 850 years old. Uh, you know, it's been through the French Revolution. Um, you know, the French Revolution didn't destroy it. Uh, it came through World War II with bullet holes on it. It didn't destroy it. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of different things that have gone on uh, at this cathedral. It has been rebuilt or renovated several times over that 850 years uh, and, sustained, and survived everything it's ever been put through. So, you know, um, I don't know what's going on. I hope to get a true accounting of what actually happened here. I don't expect one for quite some time, but nothing's going to surprise me in that case. But today, uh, Catholics around the world, uh, it's a very, very sad situation. And, uh, you know, our prayers go to everybody involved in, in, in fighting this fire. Um, you know, I mean, let's face facts here. You know, these firefighters, once again, are put in harm's way, um, you know, and everything else. So we've got to start paying attention and um, seeing what happens here going forward. Uh, in the meantime, we do have stuff going on here at home. Uh, believe it or not, Derby's coming up. We'll get into a little bit of that here in a minute. Uh, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about Google Fiber uh, was pulling out of Louisville and everything else. Uh, Greg Fisher was moaning and groaning and complaining that, you know, um, the roles were tore up because Google put fiber in. They put it in, didn't put the fiber in deep enough, and that caused all these problems, and blah, 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 blah. Well, apparently Louisville has made a deal with Google Fiber uh, that over the next 20 months, Louisville will get $3.8 million from Google uh, to pay for removing the fiber cables uh, and to uh, fix the roads where they have to remove them at. Um, how, how much you want to bet that it's not going to be done correctly and that very little of that money will actually go to that project? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll get a work order for it. Somebody's gonna put down a you know, rip the cable out and you know, put in a put in a, a three put in a put in a three foot wide patch the length of the where the cable right. was. I mean I don't right. know. I don't know. Maybe if maybe, that, yeah. Maybe maybe in the West End, maybe they'll take this Google money and lay down a nice road. You know, that Lord knows the West End could use a few. There's a lot of banged up roads. It's like, hey, you know, Okay, now here's a tip, here's a thought. Guys, you know, this city has some of the worst planning you'd ever want to see. Public works will come uh, <laughs> and lay down a nice skin on a road and stripe it. And a month or a year later, the water company will come in and tear it up to update pipes or something. So why you got $4 million of somebody else's money? How about we coordinate the efforts a little water company. Look, we're gonna we're gonna be fixing these streets, you know. And if you got to get it done, get it done because this one's on the house. You know, this this paving job is on the house. So I can dream. I can dream that they'll coordinate. Because <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking. Okay, you got, it's a 20 month window. It doesn't mean you have to start paving right away. Let's let's clear it with LGE. Let's clear it with MSD. Let's clear it with a little water company or whoever the hell else. And make sure that when they put that road down, they're not going to tear it up in, in 16 months. But, you know, good at Google. Good on Google. It, it failed, and they're going to they, – they result, you know, resulted in some torn up roads. So good on them for throwing some money up to fix it. 
know, what the hell? They're worth <laughs> billions. They can afford it. Well, see, that's the thing, though. This is this is just basically blackmail money by Fisher. I'm blaming Google, and Google is doing this. Google is doing this basically to try to, to rehab their image in Louisville. Is all it boils down to. Uh, but they're also going to make a hundred fifty thousand dollar donation to the Community Foundation of Louisville's Digital Inclusion Fund. Yeah. Essentially, they're going to give hundred fifty thousand dollars to these people not to do anything with it. Uh, and they're going to donate two hundred and seventy-five. Yeah, what are they going to do? Put some more Wi-Fi trash cans out or something? Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to donate two hundred seventy-five refurbished computers to the Louisville Metro Housing Authority. So Google, who had more money than God himself, basically, is going to give us two hundred seventy-five used computers and give them to the Louisville <laughs> Metro Housing Authority. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, you worth know. they're worth a hundred. They're worth a hundred and fifty. Why even bother use? I mean, you can buy a brand new tabletop computer for a hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> like, what does the used one got? What the used one got? It cost seventy nine ninety nine. It's Big Al's used computers. It's like really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, something right exactly. You know what we do with used computers at work? We take the hard drives out, shoot them, shoot them with a gun, <laughs> and then we put them out on the corner of the street for one of the scrappers to come by. And they have a life expectancy on a street corner of about six hours because then you put it out there and write free on it, and they're gone. The scrappers, these computers are barely worth much more than scrap considering what you could buy a new computer for. <laughs> monitors, monitors, have you ever seen anybody, you know, Monitors, hell, you want it. You want look. This is just how these people think. If right. you want to give underprivileged people in the in the housing in the in the public housing or wherever disadvantaged neighborhoods, just simply canvas every business in the area and just say, hey, look, uh, we'll pay. Uh, we'll have a tech wipe it, donate it, and these right. kids are going to be getting warm, cool compacts and stuff like that. We get some bad dudes that just don't keep up with the, the needs of a business running on a, you know, running on a fiber optic network and stuff. Businesses give these right. things away. I'm telling you, we got we got a little bitty business. We don't know what to do with our used computers. You know, we got Acer's all over the place. We got we got a couple mm-hmm. big bad ones, but. I mean, you know, one computer guy did take some of the, the, the servers we had and make gamers out of them, you know, and sold them some too much money and not enough sense. But, uh, but I mean, decent computers, people give them away. So, oh, we're going to give 150 computers. I feel like saying, holy crap, my wee little company. If I'd have known you wanted them, we'd have had them wiped. I'd have given them <laughs> a you know? Absolutely. Google would only be seven times more generous than me, except you know, but what the hell? What the hell? Now? Like, jeez, I, I love, that. I love that. And to think that the mayor, to think that the mayor, that's part of his plan. I mean, you know, if, you know, if I'm doing this, I'm looking at Google, going, oh, come on, you know, okay, give us some money for the roads. We got to give us the money for the roads. Got it, okay? How about you give us ten thousand computers used? <laughs> no, because. Otherwise, these dudes are you know, and just have just have people just wipe them and and re- reload them with your Google search engine. You're going to have every kid logging on this thing using Google for everything, which is exactly what you want them to do. And they ain't they're going to cost you nothing. I'll bet Louisville alone, the businesses could generate ten thousand used computers a year, no problem. 
Jeez. Well, see, that's the thing. I, you know, I have a hell of a time with that. I mean, that's the whole point. So Google's out here trying to rehab their image because Fisher and them were blaming Google for all this stuff. So they're going to give up basically $3.8 million to remove fiber cables and seal it, which is where they <laughs> fucked up anyway. They didn't put these things in right in the first damn place. You know, so this is a removal process. And, you know, we're going to give you 275 used computers, too, because we really care about you, you know. But I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, this is Greg Fisher in a nutshell. He's a fucking moron. He's always been a moron. We'll continue to be a moron. In the meantime, that whole, the whole bill for doing all this will cost about 10 times. I mean, this is 275 computers. I can't stop laughing at that. I know. I know. That's the thing. 275,000 computers, and they're probably thinking, Hey, you know, he probably got a call from a guy on the doctor. What the the hell am I going to do with these 275 computers that they just threw away or on a pallet? We don't know who it is. Hold on on a second. I think we can talk the mayor of Louisville into taking them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, that's it, right? We got to pay to have these things recycled. We can give them to this moron. And save ourselves some money. That's more on our profit. Yeah, I mean that's it. So they'll pay fifty or hundred bucks a piece to fucking recycle them, and it'll cost them five dollars to mail them to, to to Greg Fisher. Well, hell yeah, it's a good business. Dude. It's just fascinating. He, he thinks that this is some kind of a big deal, and the people in Louisville are going to appreciate the fact that Google gave us two hundred seventy-five computers, and now that out of the money that they're going to put into the Fund, if you will, I find that so laughable to call that a fund, uh, the Digital Inclusion Fund. That $150,000 is going to be shared around and put in the pocket. And, you know, the 275 refurbished computers, Gold Metro Housing Authority, how many of those are going to make it to the authority? How many of them are going to go to their, their own kids' homes or something? You know, it's atrocious. I mean, it really is. This is pathetic. But this is what we've come to expect from. You know, the dicks here in Louisville, the Democrats in charge. They want to pretend like that's a good thing, you know. On top of all that, we've got the Derby stuff going on. Fisher's already spent well over $100,000 for his normal Derby shenanigans. Now, he's, you know, well, these were approved in last budget for this year. Well, he might be right about that, but let's be real clear here. The majority of those tickets are going to family and friends. They're not going to all these outside business interests. Can you name one business interest that has went to the Derby party as a friend of Greg Fisher and brought a bunch of jobs here to Louisville with them because of it. Can you name one? I can. No, and, it, and, and, and it's like my <laughs> council member said. He said that is such a small, he said it, it's beyond insignificant in the calculus of a business locating here. Tax breaks, education, costs of labor, you know, tax rates. These are the things, you know, available real estate, costs of real estate. These are the things that, that go into the millions. And to sit here and think that you can schmooze a guy who's, who's you know, you're talking about investing millions of dollars to come into mm-hmm. the city, sometimes tens of millions, maybe more than that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, oh, well, you know, this mayor who looks stoned all the time, uh, you know, he came up and he shook my hand and he bought my wife a mint julep, you know, on the taxpayer dime. Right. I think I'm. I think I'm going to locate in this city. I like this place. <laughs> like, you, you know, Absolutely. Please, please. Absolutely. Yeah. And who are the right man? And who are the right man really likes <laughs> mint juleps anyway? Have you ever had one of them? Nasty stamp things. They really are. Bad. They're not bad since oh. they started making them with with 
something other than Kentucky Tavern. They're, you know, they're they're oh. way overrated. Too much too much ice, not enough liquor. But but uh, you know, and the thing is, and I'm going to give a hat tip to Dwight Whitten and Tony Vernetti, who are uh-huh. you know, technically they're competitors in the time slot, but uh, <clears throat> they they made up a good point on their radio show the other day. They they said, you know, consider and if you look at the bill, it's like thirty nine thousand dollars for rooms at the Omni. Oh and, yeah, and whatever, one hundred twenty nine thousand dollars something for the tickets to the Derby. Considering the tax breaks that the city and the, and the uh, and basically the non competes that the mm-hmm. city enforces for the Omni, especially for mm-hmm. Churchill Downs, you know the tax breaks that Churchill Downs gets, the taxes they don't pay. You know, the, everything from the from the police that that and all the all the all the butt kissing Churchill Downs gets from the city. Right. You could give a you could give the city those tickets. Thank you very much. You could give the city those tickets. You don't you know, well, what in hell with with all the grease we're giving these people the you know, and, and everything should does the city really have to pay for it? You know, it's like they should be able to look at that's, that's exactly it. You know, they should look at Churchill and this is what they were saying on the you know, they they should be able to look at Churchill Downs and go, we're going to need 150 tickets this year. And I said, for what? He says, man, you're fucking good. Let's give us 150 tickets. We got some people we got to smooth. Don't worry. They're high rollers. They're going to bet heavy. Don't worry about it. Give me the tickets. And Churchill See, that's Downs the whole thing, say, too. Churchill Downs should say, yeah, okay, okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you take care of us all year round. Yeah, we're good for it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be a good corporate citizen. And give you some tickets. <laughs> well, see, that's but the no, thing, and I totally, just... I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that yeah. because that's the problem. I mean, they, you know, we own the land. Churchill Downs don't do nothing yep. for us. Yep. Churchill Downs Inc. don't do anything for us. They can, they can sit here and talk about, well, we give this check every year in lieu of property taxes. That's because if we assess that property as what it's worth, the check that they give to this city would have to be ten times what it is. Um, you yep. know, we own the land. We own all of this stuff. They get all of this free stuff accordingly. They don't pay MSD trainings like we do. They don't pay all these other things like we do. And that's hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for a place of that size, right? You know, and yet they go out. So here, here's what we've got Fisher spending on right now. Uh, $76,042 on 32 tickets to Millionaire's Row for the Oaks and the Derby. So let me, let me, let me see if I can figure this out. 32 people are going to Millionaire's Row for the Oaks and the Derby. Um, how many of those are Louisville government metro employees, not legitimate businesses? How many of those are, how many of those are their spouses and their children, not legitimate business? They won't let us break that down, right? I mean, even if you did, even even if you did break it down, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is a guy and his his girlfriend or his wife, you know, CEO and his spouse, I know we got 16 people again. I, I don't care. I, I get that. You want to entertain people. I've done business. You take them out there. You do what you got to do. We don't do it on that scale. But the fact is, is the city hands, they, they're, they're, they're waiting. They're making life easy on Churchill Downs. This is, this is, to me, it's not a matter of how much Churchill Downs, 32 tickets my ass. If I'm the mayor, I'm going to look at Churchill Downs and say, you know, you're probably going to get a real, you're probably going to get a more realistic tax assessment. Unless you give me fifty tickets, so that I can. Oh, you mean you, you mean you and, 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 and I wouldn't take it, and I wouldn't take a single family member at all. It would be legit. But I mean, that's the point. It's like, look, you get. It's time for Churchill Downs to be that exception, you know, to be that corporate citizen. 
It's like, seriously? The city throws you all these freebies, and you're going to bill the taxpayer for these freaking right. tickets? I mean, right. the people that show up on Millionaire's Road, they're going to bet heavy. They're going to eat heavy. They're going to drink heavy. You're going to make your money. It's, it's good. You know, these are the people that are – but give me the tickets. Give the give the tickets to the to the high rollers. As a matter of fact, while you're at it, I think Churchill Downs should have a little water where they give – Ten tickets to just people like us. Well, you know, millionaires rogue is all the perks though. The food, the drinks, they're <laughs> oh, not gonna be yeah. as bad as you think. You know, they 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 get all the perks. They're gonna bet money for sure. But the food and stuff we're paying a thousand dollars out the wazoo for, they're getting for free. I mean, let's be clear about that. So they're they're gonna go there for a lot cheaper than we would anyway. Um, but yeah. but it is interesting though. You got thirty nine thousand dollars on ten rooms at the Omni. The Omni that we're already subsidizing. We spent half the money to build this Omni, right? So we spent half the money to build the Omni and, you know, $100 million worth, and they're going to charge us for rooms. Then you've got, you know, transportation costs, 5200 and $1,000 for parking. So if you if you want to have true partnerships yeah, I mean, in this town, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, subsidizing all of this. They damn sure should be working. This, let's just put this in real-world terms. We're buddies. I help you buy a car. I help you buy the ins- pay the insurance on it. And then I'm saying, mm-hmm. hey, Rick, could you give me a lift across town? And you look at me and say, come on, give me some gas money. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, what? What? I, Absolutely. I you to buy your car. I, I helped you pay your insurance. And now you want me to pay you gas money because I need you to give me a, a lift? But that's exactly, exactly how the city is getting played on right. this. And that's what's so damn aggravating. Mm-hmm. The Omni could give up ten rooms. They got plenty to burn. You know, be a good right. be, be a good be a good partner. And the Churchill Downs, they're only going to have one hundred twenty five thousand people there. Give me fifty. You know, give the give the city fifty tickets to to do what they got to do. It's like, come on, fifty out of right. one hundred twenty five thousand. Fight me. Right. That's oh. it. You know, that's it. And and that's the whole thing. You know. Now, Fisher, of course, goes out there and tries to sell this crap to everybody, you know. Well, nobody makes a decision based on a really great event like the Derby, but the experience gives a true sense of who we are and attracts prospects that might not otherwise see what our city has to offer. Greg Fisher, you're a moron. I mean, yeah. you really, really are. You know, we, we do this shit. What, what these people don't see, you know, here's what we ought to do. Here's truthfully what we ought to do. I think I'm going to go ahead and do an expose. It's been a while since I did anything real big. I've kind of taken it easy the last couple of years on some serious exposés. So I guess it's time. We'll go ahead and go through the entire area that the derby traffic goes through during the normal course of the year, the regular course of the year, okay? And we'll show them the street corners with the drug deals going on in video. We'll show them all the bad stuff going on around Churchill Downs on video. And we'll put together this five-minute video of all this crap that they don't get to see that goes on the other, what, 358 days of the year because they spend a week taking care of Derby. And we'll show them all of this and put this video together. We'll put it out on the website, and I'll send a copy to every damn business that Greg Fisher is trying to attract to Louisville and let them see what Louisville really is. Here's what we have uh, to they, offer. You know, the, thing is, the thing is, is they already know. I mean, the fact is you got the other on do. TV saying, oh, we're going to have to cut the cops. We're going to have to cut the fire department. We're going to have to cut meals for old people. We're, we're going to be cutting. Absolutely. Meals. We're going to be cutting, uh, you know, ambulance services. 
And right. you think that after you after the mayor goes on TV and basically mm-hmm. throws a, a real chill, I mean, I'm going to get he's got his mellow on. He, he doesn't get angry very well, but he, he gets this weird, this weird chilled out temper tantrum that he's got. And then it's like, right. oh, oh, yeah, for the for the for the Derby, you know, the Derby Oaks Eve, Oaks Day Derby and Derby Eve and Derby Day, yeah, uh-huh. for that day and a half, two days. Yeah, you're gonna show the city what we're gonna show the world what we're made of. It's like, no, Greg, sorry. There's this thing called the internet. So if somebody wants to look at Louisville and they type in Louisville, they're probably right. gonna get you. They're probably gonna get some news stories about you talking how this city is gonna burn. You know, because because you don't get your tax increase and nothing you can say to some executive for three and a half minutes or whatever right. is gonna convince him beyond you. Going on TV saying we need to raise taxes. Oh my God, we don't get to raise taxes. They're gonna we're, we're cutting recruiting classes, you know. And any executive right. gonna look and say, why would I want to come here? I mean, they're basically the mayor sitting here telling me that the crime is about to go through the roof because he didn't get his tax increase. I am not relocating there. Right. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Right. <laughs> this this is the mayor. This is a piece of garbage. You know, this is what we deal with here. You know, so we all know that none of this really is going to matter much at all. It's fascinating to me that he's spending $121,000 on this derby uh, of our taxpayer money. Now, this is money that Greg Fisher himself, as a multimillionaire, could easily afford to pay out of his own pocket. But Greg Fisher never pays for anything because he's an elected uh, official. Yeah, and neither do the uh, Metro Council yeah. officials. Uh, again, it's Churchill Downs. We throw those guys. Oh, no, I agree. We, we grease them so much, they should be giving the tickets to local government, you know, specifically for smoozing, you know, high rollers. But yeah, but Churchill like, Downs, wow. the Omni, of course, and they're getting this yeah, free advertising yeah. out all of this shit, right? So it's it's all free advertising. So you know, I mean, that's the thing. So under twenty one thousand dollars, and I come back to this other part of this, right? Because here in the next month, month and a half, when they would normally open up public swimming pools. They're shutting down four swimming pools. The Mary T. Mauger Aquatic Center will stay open in Crescent Hill, of course, because that's where all of his buddies go. Oh, but they're shutting down four public schools at a cost of two hundred to save $223,000, right? And here you've got $120,000 he's spending on this. Well, that's at least two of those swimming pools staying open. So how do you justify this? We've got to bring Paul in real quick. Paul, you're on the air. I wish you guys would quit slamming Greg Fisher. Mayor McLean has done a, done a wonderful job in this town, putting bike lanes in everywhere, negotiating stellar contracts with Google Fiber. And since I had the pleasure of being in downtown Louisville today, his traffic patterns are just unbelievably good for the merchants because you have to stay in this holding pattern long enough that you could actually stop the car, run into the store, buy something, and then come back out to your car in order to move up down the street. So it's, his traffic patterns are good for downtown businesses, too. Oh, and, ladies and, the, and ladies and gentlemen, that, all the construction that, going on. <laughs> and that, that concludes the comedy portion of the administration yeah. show. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go ahead. You know, I mean, Ed Martin's right. Churchill Downs and Omni should be donating this stuff because we're we're, we're fine-tuning them. I mean, they're getting millions of dollars a year off of us in one form or fashion. 
And, you know, and Greg Fisher's out doing this. Now, again, you know, I personally believe most of these tickets aren't businesses. That's why they refuse to tell us who they were. You know, we, we asked last year uh, to tell us who was going here. The city refused to release the name of the Derby guest. I can tell you for a fact that part of those Derby guests was Greg Fisher's family, including children and relatives. Uh, I know people who were playing chauffeur for them, okay? So all of these things are going on. The Fisher family treats these people like shit, by the way. They're, uh, they, they treat everybody like shit. But, you know, but here's the thing. So this is going for this. So explain to me how this is a good deal for Louisville. Explain to me how the Omni gets away with this. Explain to me how Trojan Downs gets away with this. And, Martin, you did mention one thing. Paul, I'll jump right in a second. I know I cut you off. But, Martin, you did mention one thing, okay, about Greg Fisher needs to go to Churchill Downs and say, hey, you know what, we probably need to go ahead and start assessing this property and holding you accountable for that, which means you're suggesting that Greg Fisher used a PVA as a political tool. Here's the thing. He's already doing that with everybody else. He's got everybody his PVA said they're going to hit Shively. PRP and Valley Station, basically the whole Southwest, they're going to reassess every property out there. Uh, and this is retaliation for us standing up against his tax nonsense. So, no, you know. That's, that's, not, that's <laughs> not what it is, yeah. It's a run through, <laughs> through the comedy coming here. That's because your property values have gone through the roof with the exceptional, ahead of schedule, fantastically engineered Dixie Highway. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's you, it. I mean, yeah, you're, it's, practically, it's, it's, practically, it's, yeah, it's practically Brownsville <laughs> Road, man. Your houses are going to oh, be worth so much with now that since now that they got, you know, they they got Dixie Highway totally straightened out after four years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can believe that too. I still live here. It ain't straight out yet. And of course, all the section eight, all the section eight and housing and everything else, and all the crime they threw into the Southwest made our property values double instead of go down, which is a miracle yeah, in itself. Did. I'll yeah, go ahead, and then I'm going to bring in Bay. <laughs> Paul. Uh, yeah, no, you guys are covering everything just fine. Okay, oh, okay. I just, uh, <laughs> I just wish you would quit picking on Mayor McBikeline. I really do. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate it. Let's go I'm to Mayor. I'm, I'm defending him. I'm defending him. It's like I totally get why the Southwest is probably going up. Oh my God, I do too. And every criminal, every criminal in the world has moved out to the Southwest, and it has raised our standard of living a great deal. Mayo, you're on the air, brother. <laughs> I, I think Mayor McCheese is more competent, competent than Fisher. I mean, if that's any indication. So, uh, just 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 a couple of things. I think I heard you talk about, or somebody mentioned something about the internet, Google, and uh, I I just still something there shady. I mean, they're supposed to be giving Louisville like I don't know, was it three point eight million dollars over the next two years, and then making some donations, but uh, just. From a, a friend of a friend that was doing some work there, supposedly the city told them the neighborhoods they had to start in, and uh, that kind of you know caused whatever. Uh, second thing, I don't know if y'all announced it like when the show started because I kind of got in late. Uh, I mean, I'm not Catholic, but it's uh, been. We did talk about Notre Dame. A, yeah, Notre Dame. So 856 years old and uh, the yeah. building. You know, think about the technology what it was back then, and it's lasted this long, still in use. Yep. I mean, what, what the, what the heck? It's amazing. What the heck do we build anymore? I mean, we can't even get a bridge to last twenty years. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, that's actually a good point. You can't, if it's, you can't if it's the big four bridge and you know, you decide to yeah. take it out of commission, it'll last forever. But you know, but yeah, yeah if you right. want to use well, it, it's gonna fall apart. <laughs> well during the Eisenhower thing, they the the rule was it has to at least last a minimum of fifty years when they did that. So why this commission, why did they only say twenty? That's what I can't figure, because what the freaking loan will just be getting paid off by then. But if you listen to if you listen to every engineer today and everything that's being built, they will all tell you the same thing. You know, it is all better than it's ever been before. Technology has given us the best materials, the best this, the best that, and everything falls apart in a record amount of time. So, you know, it's all it's all in the cell. You were talking about Mayor McCheese or Mayor for Life, former Mayor Jerry Abramson. The rumor has it, by the way, it may actually run for the third and final term. He thinks he's put that poor black or older comment far enough behind him where he might actually run and try to try to retire as mayor for life. And he, um, I don't know how true that is, but I think the city's smarter than that. The difference between him and Fisher is Abramson could sell ice to an Eskimo and make you believe you were getting a good deal. That's the difference. Abramson knew how to sell it. He was as much of a scumbag as Fisher is, and more so in many ways. But he could stab you in the back while smiling at you, and you wanted to believe the guy. That's how good he was at, at deception. Fisher just has no personality. He's nothing but a scumbag with an attitude who treats people like shit and shit where you're nowhere, and cry, whine, and go home to mommy and daddy. Of course, his whole life, being a whiny-ass titty baby worked for him. He's never done anything. He cried and got his way and went to daddy to bail him out when he screwed up. Well, he can't do that as readily now as the mayor of the city, so he wants to whine and cry and take his ball and go home. But that was the only thing Abramson had over Fisher is he could sell it to you. And for a long time, people bought it until he was outed with the poor black or older comment a buddy of mine found and I and I put out there. So, you know, it's just the way it is. So, I, you know, we got to deal with all of that, and that's okay. But in the meantime, all these things are going on. The Louisville economy has gone to shit. Greg Fisher lied throughout the entire year yet last year for election. Got caught in his own lie. I mean, even his own Democratic Party right here in Louisville is finally saying, hey, you know what? We're not buying your bullshit anymore. So they voted against this tax proposal, which shocked everybody. It always shocked me. I thought for sure that thing was going to get passed uh, because they just do everything, just follow the leader. And for the first time I can remember in a long time, the Democrats said, no, we're not going to do this, so that he didn't get what he wanted. So we're going to see how all this goes uh, going forward. Um, in the meantime, at a state level, I'm thinking we're getting into some serious KREF violations by our, our good friend Andy Bashir. And I say that jokingly, of course, but I can't stand him. But I think we've got a situation now where we're dealing with um, – I think we've got a situation now we're dealing with carry-up violations, and here's why. Last week, as was reported, uh, well, it wasn't reported, Andy Bashir did an, a so-called opinion piece for the Courier-Journal. Uh, well, before we get there, let's go on phones with Mr. McAdam. I haven't heard from him in a while. How are you, sir? Well, I'm just fine, but I, I'm surprised that w- when you were talking about the cathedral fire there in Paris mm-hmm. that you didn't mention the fact that the front facade the two big towers were unharmed by the fire, and they're they're most famous because that's where Quasimodo, the hunchback of Notre Dame, was the bell ringer. And, and Actually, thank you, because the last time I checked on it was about 
oh, I don't know, two, three hours ago. And at that time, they weren't sure they were going to survive. So if they've survived, thank you for the update. Seriously, I didn't know well, they survived you know, yet. I haven't had a chance to follow they, up. They did. And, and it was several years ago Quasimodo retired, and, and the bishop asked him to interview the applicants for Bell Ringer. And so a guy came up, and he was a little skinny guy. And, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm cringing right now. I'm, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> you know the Adam, go ahead. I'm listening, go ahead. I want you to get this. Quasimodo said, you're awful skinny to be a bell ringer. And the guy said, well, I think I could do it. So he grabbed a hold of the rope and yanked on it, and the bell just kind of, you know, went back and forth. It wasn't, wasn't enough to ring the the clapper and and so he says I, I you're just too little you can't do this it takes a he's give me another chance so he yanks on the rope and still does still doesn't make a sound quasimodo said i'm sorry you you just have to go back downstairs he said one more time so the guy yanks on it as hard as they can and the bell goes over bong and it hits the clapper then it bounces back and hits him right in the face and knocks him right out of the tower down into the place de la concorde i mean dead as a doornail and so Quasimodo climbs down the stairs, and there's this crowd, and, and, and a gendarme comes up, and he says, uh, does anybody know this man? And Quasimodo says, I don't know his name, but his but his face rings a bell. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, <clears throat> folks. I really am sorry you had to hear I'm that. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm, just, I'm thinking, this explains why McAdam is a, is a lawyer. Yeah, not a <laughs> Oh Lord, McAdam! I tell you what. A week, a I, uh, week later, a week later, the guy's brother shows up, and he's uh, a little skinny guy time. too. And he, he applies for the job, and the same thing. He finally it hits him in the face and knocks him down. And Quasimodo comes down, and the gendarme says, "Does anybody know this man?" And Quasimodo says, "I don't know his name, but he's a dead ringer for his brother." Oh my God, McAdam! I, 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 <laughs> that's my that's my two cents on the on the uh, Cathedral of Notre Dame. I, and I, I'm not even believe giving it two cents for it. Believe it or not, McAdam, McAdam was a good Catholic boy when he was young. Um, <laughs> all right. In the meantime, I want to get this story in real quick before we knock it off uh, for the day. But Andy Bashir supposedly did an opinion piece, but a Courier Journal decided to print it right. And the problem I've got is this. Andy Bashir, as we all know, is running in the, in the primary for governor. Andy Bashir is, is, is worthless as far as I'm concerned. He's another daddy's boy who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, in my opinion. But he does this opinion piece, and it's all about health care. And the whole thing is about how he's fighting to access affordable health care, uh, going on and on about the ACA, going on and on about the expansion of Medicaid, how great that was, how he's responsible for this kind of stuff, et cetera. All right, and bragging about these major wins he's done in a federal lawsuit, et cetera. Here's a problem I've got. Here's a problem I've got. When you read through this opinion piece, it basically reads like a daggone commercial on where he stands on health care. Um, as, a, as a candidate for governor, to me, at the very least, this is an in-kind contribution. Uh, at the very least. At the very most, I think it's an illegal Opinion piece. Um, you know, I don't think that he should be able to use so-called opinion piece and a Courier Journal printing it without the Courier Journal allowing every candidate for office 
to be given an opportunity to print an opinion piece at their leisure. And I mean that sincerely. You know, the problem is when you do this kind of stuff, every candidate should have equal access to the media for these kind of free opportunities. Andy Bashir just got free advertising uh, for his stance on health care, hiding behind the fact that he's attorney general. But as a candidate for governor, I don't believe it's legal for him to hide behind the attorney general label to put this piece in a courier journal. McAdam, I'll actually be talking to you about this off air because I think we've got a, a legitimate uh, charge here against Andy Bashir that I'm looking at you right now. I've taken on a carry F before, as people know, and been successful with that. And I think this is another situation I think Andy Bashir should be held accountable for. But I also think the Courier Journal should be held accountable as well. Yeah. The Courier Journal should not be doing this kind of stuff to aid their favorite candidate. Well, and uh, this is disturbing. The Courier. I just say the courier does this all the time when they endorse candidates, but it, okay, you know, you thought the jokes were over, but okay, so Andy Bashir got a little column in the courier, and he basically, as we refer to it in our industry, we call it articles. You know, you get to write an article, but it's an ad for yourself. Uh, he got to write an article for the courier, and he got a few inches of space. And now, if I'm not mistaken, under $99. In, you know, donation, cash or check or, or in kind, under $99, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to report it. And we are talking about the Courier Journal. So, you know, is a, how much is it possibly worth given their pathetic readership? Uh, is it even, is the column even worth $99 that they let him write? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, maybe no, seriously. Thing, you know, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it is. It is because well, I mean, it is because you can't it get. Can't, can't, I'm gonna. I'm never gonna read it. <laughs> well, I'll, and I, I get it. Andy, you know what? Andy Bashir is gonna get stumped in the election anyway. Either Eland or Eland will probably win. And if oh, he God, doesn't, I don't know and, Rocky, and Rocky and Rocky Atkins is gonna is gonna do something out in the state. But I mean, I you know, there's nobody Bevin wants more than than that. Andy Bashir, I guarantee you that. Well, I think Bevin can handle Andy Bashir or Adam Edelin, especially Adam Edelin right now. I actually think Andy Bashir has got a better <laughs> shot than Adam Edelin does. Adam Edelin has turned into a socialist, progressive, communist regime person, and he's got Gil Holland on his ticket. Makes it even worse, um, at least in my opinion. So I think I think Adam Edelin is a waste of space these days. Here's a guy at one time uh, respected, didn't agree with all of his politics, but I respected him. And he sold out to the socialist agenda, and he brought Gil Holland on board to help him, only to try to steal Louisville. And quite frankly, Louisville didn't even want Gil Holland when he was running against a nobody for Metro Council. So, you know, we've got to think about those things. But Gil Holland is a waste of space, too. So I don't know, but I think that this ad in itself, and that's exactly what I'm calling it. It's not an opinion piece. It's an ad. Uh, based on the Courier-Journal's own prices for putting anything in their paper, this ad is worth far more than $99, which makes it an in-kind contribution. And this is disturbing to me that they're going to go down the road. You mentioned that, you know, they, they've endorsed. Well, they haven't endorsed anybody yet because it's early in the primary. So they can't say they're, they're helping their endorsed candidate because they're not. Um, and right now, I think everybody who's running, and, you know, for any office, and I don't care what that office is, should contact the Courier-Journal with an opinion piece uh, write an opinion piece on, on one of their major issues, and when the Courier Journal refuses to put it in their paper like they did with Andy Bashir and give them equal coverage and equal space, 
then there's a lawsuit there. I really believe that. Um, I personally think there's ethics charges uh, available here, and I'm certainly looking into that right now because I find it very disturbing that, that he's going to be able to play this double-edged sword like this and get away with it when he should know better. He's the attorney general. He's supposed to be able to you know, keep people from doing this kind of stuff, and he's engaging in it instead. It's disturbing to me, but it's not anything new with the dicks, you know, the Democrats in charge. So we'll see how it goes. In the meantime, end of the hour. Thank you so much for the call, Paul Mayo McAdam. Mr. Martin, final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. You know, going back to Mayor Mayor McLean and his and his derby tickets and stuff, you know, it's, it always occurs to me that when people talk about corporate welfare, you know, the people doing the talking are usually Democrats. There are some Republicans that, you know, man up and, and come out against it properly. Uh, guys like Rand Paul, perhaps, but you know, in this instance, I think this is a our, our majority Democrat city. I think this is the time they need to step up and get after corporate welfare because we're looking at Churchill Downs Incorporated, we're looking at the Omni, we're looking at you know the businesses that are that the city is paying for. On top of all the tax breaks we give them, all the all the you know the the non competes that they may write in. I mean, you look at things like Fourth Street Live and Portage. I mean, the crap still goes on. Omni got this, you know, no more big hotels within a certain radius of their place, and they got, you know, they got their money, and then, you know, all this, all these things add up, and then they don't give us the tickets. They don't give the city the tickets. They don't, they don't play, you know, it's like okay, like I said, I can only liken it to somebody that really helps you out and everything on a car or something like that. And then they get just a yo gas money, like what? You know, come on, I, I just. That's that just has stuck in my cross since I heard somebody suggest that the other day. It's like yes, yes, that is that is so true. And I'm Republicans, yeah, I don't like fishers. They're going to come out against it. But I'm calling on if Democrats listen, it's like look, Democrats got to step up, and they got to decry this crap. And it's, like I say, not so much that you want to want to want to wine and dine people if you're under the illusion that yeah, you know, a couple hours on Saturday is gonna is gonna be the deal maker or the deal breaker, you know, one one day a year. Oh, that's a city we want to be in because they have a horse race one day a year, you know. Uh, but if that's what they want to do, but then fine. It's like, but should we have to pay through the nose for it to people and corporations that we absolutely subsidize the other 360 days out of the year? No. And I think it's time. This one's on the Democrats. He's your mayor. And and Democrats are usually the ones saying, oh, corporate welfare. All right. It's happening right under your nose. What are you going to do about it? I, I can't say that I disagree with that. I, uh, You know, that, that does seem to be the thing. We continue subsidizing everything and everybody. We, we pretend like Louisville is growing and we're getting all these businesses and all this other stuff. Uh, Four Street Live is a great example of that. Cordish Group and their shenanigans, et cetera. We've been on this road ever since. The, the sad reality is we're not gaining anything. We're buying these things. As a city, we're supposed to be nonprofit. I get that. But we're really, we really are and we're really not. And here's why. Because the corporate uh, welfare program is alive and well. We're giving the Omni half the, half the money, basically, to build their building. We're subsidizing Churchill Downs, Inc., a company that makes you know millions of dollars each year in profit. Um, you know, we're talking about net profit, not just gross. All these people make money over hand over fist. 
But they're making this money at our expense. We might as well just give them a check for this to stay the hell out of Louisville and let us run our own because that's what we're doing anyway. They're not making profits on their own. They're making profits at our expense without giving anything in return. And that's the key here. So the real question becomes, how do we fix it? Well, for starters, as Mr. Martin pointed out with the Omni and Trojan Downs, just with the Derby stuff, those should be giveaways. They should be giveaways. Here you go, Mr. Mayor. We appreciate your time and efforts. Thank you so much. You know, because they should. But at the same time, you know, we talk about the corporate giveaways. Those things wouldn't exist if these politicians weren't patting their own pockets, aligning their own pockets with their cash or favors. Anybody who thinks Greg Fisher is the only one who's benefiting from the Churchill Downs arrangement and everything else is living in a bubble. They really, really are. Metro Council members also enjoy a lot of these perks for free. They get a lot of these things. You know, the elected politicians, our good friend Paul uh, Holliger, uh, and I have been researching Churchill Downs lately. We've talked a little bit about that over the last couple of weeks. You know, all the information that we brought to you guys has been taken to the Metro Council members as well on an individual basis. They include meetings and sit-downs and everything else explaining the real uh, Churchill Downs as far as what they actually do, what they actually have, how much the city is involved, and everything else. And you know what? None of them have the balls to take up the issue of possibly selling Churchill Downs. Why do you think they don't have the balls to attack it? Because they're getting perks too, and they like the perks. So it's not about you and me. It's about them and their job and getting what they can and benefiting from it as usual. Here in Louisville and here in the state of Kentucky, we are very corrupt, in my opinion. We can prove that in many ways. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like anybody cares because the dicks, you know, the Democrats in charge, um, you know, they have all the power in their courts and everything else. So you can't get anything done because the so-called nonpartisan courts are stacked with the liberal judges who are going to protect the status quo who are in turn going to give them aid and support to get them reelected so they can keep their cushy jobs. You know, how many jobs do you walk into where you can show up an hour late every day if you feel like it or just not at all at the last minute and say, yeah, screw it, we'll just cancel today. Judges do that in Louisville every day. They pretty much show up when they want to, some of them. Most of them are pretty good. I'm not denigrating all judges. But some of them just show up when they feel like it. I had a rough night last night. I figured I'd come in a couple hours late. While everybody else who's been forced to be there has to sit there and wait for them at their convenience for the judge to do their job. You know, some judges will have a full docket, wake up in the morning and say, eh, I just don't feel like doing it. Cancel the docket. We'll just reschedule everybody. So six, eight weeks later, we got to go through all this again, which is an inconvenience and an unnecessary expense on who? The people that all these elected officials and judges and everybody else purports to represent. So corporate welfare is alive and well. We, the people, are continuing to pay for it so that the rich like the Omni guys, the rich like the Cordish group, the rich like all those other people, we might as well just write them a check and say, here you go. Because that's essentially what we're doing every day. When they report their profits every year, they, they should be putting in their pay to us by the city of Louisville. This is our profit for this year. And we should get credit for that, even though we don't. It's sad, but it's real. And until we're willing to take the reins, this is a derby time, right? Until we're willing to take the reins out of that horse and say enough's enough and get rid of these dicks, you know, Democrats in charge, until we're willing to get rid of these dicks, we can't do anything about it. So we the people have got to take this government back and start down a different road. Will it happen? I don't know. I never thought it would happen, but I'm seeing a lot of things now that are bringing excitement to me. When Democrats are turning on their own and not, and not following along blindly with Greg Fisher and everything else on tax increases, 
That's a new phenomenon for me. That's a new phenomenon for people in Louisville in general. So maybe we will. Maybe we'll see some changes in the next couple of years. I certainly hope so. In the meantime, that's it for tonight. As always, thank you, Mr. Martin. Yes, sir. We appreciate you being there. For everybody involved in the Notre Dame Cathedral Fire, you know, our prayers are with you. Godspeed. Um, man, it's tough for Catholics to watch. I get that. you know. But I wish the best to everybody. And in the meantime, you have a great week, folks. We appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for being here. Take care. God bless. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. <laughs>